Welcome to the Naked Podcaster. Get ready to hear stories of someone brave enough to bear it all. Let's get naked. Welcome to the Naked Podcaster, and today we're both naked. We're naked. <laughs> no, I'm gonna have to cut that out. Um, <laughs> I never raise my arms now. I know why. <laughs> nips out, nips out is a personal thing. Exactly. Well, you know, there are things that people don't necessarily need to know about me as a host, and uh, that people just don't need to know about me in general. And nipples might be one of them. I don't know. Sophia Wise One is here with me, and that is the name of your website. It's a, it's just .com. Everything's in the show notes for that. Dive in because your website is pretty, it's very, very interesting. I cyber stalked you before we got on. Dive in. That's the yeah, invitation. D- dive in. That is the invitation. <laughs> dive into the website. Tell me about it. You have a podcast, a blog. You have something called I Love My Life. Yeah. 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 I do. I, um, uh, oh, I'm sure we'll get there, but, uh, loving one's life can be a challenge at times. And, um, I took all of the, like, so I made a card game. Yes. I made an Oracle deck that turned into a card game. So it's an Oracle deck that you can like pull cards for yourself, but then it's yes. also a card game that you can play as a group of people. <gasps> and each card is a teaching, like a spiritual teaching or an emotional intelligence teaching, like a, a lesson, a notion that we're like all trying to remember and learn. And then every card, you roll a die and every card has at least six practices. So you roll a die and then you do a thing on theme in that way. So writing oh prompts God. or rituals or group games. Uh, I take all my like actor empowerment, spiritual mentorship, like all of that stuff. And there's 195 practices in the book that go along with the deck. So there's okay. 72. Yeah. <laughs> Sh- hold them up. Cause you did, you did when we were pre-gaming, do you have yep. them right there? I do. I did they're right here. This is the, this is, it's the, I love my life. Oh. And then they're all these different teachings. So that's a lot. Okay. What one, wait, what one did you just pull? You pulled one that said alignment. I always love when people pull like on the spot in front of me. Totally. Because I think it means something. It does. Okay. So what's that? It was just glaring. I was just fixing. (laughs) Okay. Alignment check. Yeah. Okay. So you've actually put them together in a way that it's a game. Yes. Yes. And it's so fun. It's like, who thought spilling your guts would be fun? You did. I did. (laughs) (laughs) You do. But it's not just spilling your guts. So it's like, it's, so I turn it into a game. So the way that you play it when you're playing a game would be like, okay, so I, two cards came out. I pulled the one card. You were like that. What's that card? That's my card. So this is alignment check. That's your card. And then a card fell out of the deck when I was like, just holding it. Yeah. This would be my card. And so this is all death is the all fear is the fear of death. All death is death of the ego. Wow. So that's this casual stuff around here. Yeah, like, be a wise let's one. just jump right into this. Let's jump right into this. Right? <laughs> so, okay. Yeah. And so then we'd roll a die. So you would, so, so if we're playing this game, you would like have a moment and be like, okay, what's on my mind? And then you would pull the card and all, you know, you and me, if we're playing, we'll be like, Ooh, and then we read the teaching. So like, here's the book. So showing right. The book. It's this massive body work. Massive. So it, it's why I pulled the death card. It killed me. It took four and a half years to make. <laughs> destroyed my entire life. Um, thank you, uh, life. Um, and uh, so then it's like, da, 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 you go, you roll the die. And then um, 
having this. Where is it? So like, so like this is the reading. Okay. So read the reading. I roll the die. Let's say roll the die. You got a three, right? So then on the bottom of the teaching, there's a three and that's walking meditation. And so Ooh. Meditation, walking meditation. So then we go to page 231. There's instructions on how to do. Holy cow. Okay. And we do walking meditation. That's the game. So then we, do, you know, you and I would then set a timer and follow the instructions and do walking meditation. And then, and then we come back and you would do a card. That's right. And then we do my card. So this is like, you can spend a whole afternoon doing this. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. About a half hour per person. Per, yeah. I would guess at least. Like, right. I yeah. That makes like, sense. It can give or take. Some of the practices take three minutes. I like that. I, three minutes. Three minutes. <laughs> Just three. Just three minutes. And some <laughs> of them are an hour. I have over 25. I have 25 guided meditations that are online. Ooh. I have an academy, like an Mass, it just goes deeper and deeper. Um, Holy rabbit hole. So some of those, uh, those guided meditations you can just put on and some of those are 10 minutes and some of those are an hour. And those are like deep medicine journeys that I guide you on. So, okay. So is this the, I'm just organizing my brain. Is this part of the, I love my life Academy? Yes. Got so it. This is, so all of this whole process was like, it just kept folding out of itself. Yep. So it was the, it was the wisdom deck and it was a deck of cards with some teachings and a practice. That was the idea. So then I made the deck of cards. I started writing the book and then it was like, all this stuff came out of me. And so then the book became this book. And so then it turned into a game. It wasn't just a deck anymore. It was this group game. So the group game came out of it. And then when I did a Kickstarter four years ago, um, in 2016, I, whenever, however that long ago is, whenever time exists, but um, yeah. I said, I'll also do a little video because I love vlogging. I love, you know, I'll do a video for each of the cards. Well, oh my God. I did. And when I built this online, so then it turned into, just in February, it turned into the academy because I realized, holy shit balls, like this is a fucking, it's an academy, it's a massive body of work. It's like, I take my- right we'll get into it by my 20, 30 years, plus my access to my fucking lifetimes that are accessible to me in my life now. And I like go into trans states. I wrote shit. I gave you practices. I give you videos. I have guided meditations. I teach you medicine songs. I turned it into a fucking ebook and online you can pull a card, roll a die, access oh. the ebook. It's all okay. there. So you can do it online. Like you could like buy it and play the game tonight online. Wow. You can like order and get the deck and the book shipped to you. And then the Academy is um, this kind of, and it also has like deeper curated stuff from my blog, like my free content and then like other additional courses and stuff that I've made over the years. So it just like, it keeps going. But what I love about it is like, it doesn't have to like, for instance, like I keep pulling alignment check. You know, and that happens oh. sometimes when you work with decks, like, it's just like, you just keep getting the same card. And so what I like about this is like, if you keep pulling the same card, the first time you read it, you do an exercise, then you do a different exercise. Then you go and you watch the video. Like there's this way in which you can like keep getting support. Mm -hmm. even though you're kind of hitting the same wall. Like you can keep kind of opening and moving through. And I have just been you know, this, all of this for me was like, I being like, it was like huge heart. And I just like uh, my, my fucking wreck of a mess and everything that saved my life multiple times is what's in this book. Like, these are the teachings and the practices that like, have like kept me from leaving this planet, you know? Right. And, and so 
and kept me like birthed me over and over again into being able to so fucking for real be like I love my life like yeah. my body my life my circumstance like whether it's gorgeous or whether it's like fucked up like I'm in love with being here and that is I worked hard for that and yep like, and and the and the pieces that got me to that and that was like that was always in there right it's like I work hard yep. to get access to that you know because it's my true nature to be grateful to be alive you know but that separation that we have and and I've had this feeling for so long of like, I can't, I can't talk to every person. I can't stop and be with every person the way that I want to. My system can't even handle it. Like, right. you know, it's like, there's like that place. And so I had this long ache of like, how do I share? I'm so fucking blessed. Like my mom was a yoga teacher. My dad's a organizational psychologist. I grew up in like alternativo medicine land. Like I've been in more ceremonies and sat with the indigenous grandmothers council. I've just sat with teachers and medicine people. Like I've been gifted so much knowledge. Like I had to find a way to share it. And it just goes like deeper and deeper and deeper. And this, like this game, this group game, uh, and then the Academy is this way for me to be like, okay, it's out. It's outside of me. Yep. I was like, my joke is like, now I can go be the vapid movie star I always wanted to be <laughs> and know that I can. Sweet. <laughs> for humanity. Uh, I... Check. Yeah. Here it is. It's so seriously. the book and the cards, I mean, they're sold out right now online. Yeah. Uh, online Academy is available. Online Academy is yes. available, right, as we're recording this. And right. so, holy cow. I mean, so how many vi- how many videos did you end up doing just okay. for this just for this i did 74 videos in 36 hours what's I, wrong with you thank you <laughs> i know i feel so special when you ask me that and it's satisfying it's yes like of uniqueness you know um i went into a trance state i yeah. was um i filmed from t- like two o'clock in the afternoon till about two in the morning and then, um, no, like maybe six to, no, we did it six hours. We did six hours. We did like six to midnight. And then the next day we started at two and went until six the next morning. And it was me and my podcast editor, who's also my like sister, cousin, niece, friend, God, right. daughter, like one of yeah. those beloveds, Caitlin. She, I moved into her apartment because I'm a nomad. So right. I like about, you know, and I moved into her apartment. We changed the whole living room into a studio. I start menstruating. I also have this thing. I'm like also a shape-shifting spider. It's like a thing. I shape-shift into a spider in like a trance state. So I like, I'm menstruating. I'm in my, what I refer to as my full regalia. So these are my spider eyes. Right. Like, right. like full regalia. And then I just sat there in this rocking chair that was over a hundred years old in my like spider queen regalia, just menstruating, just like bleeding and just like, and just having these rounds of like weeping and being like, I am terrified to be this exposed and to drop into this, like all my like witch wound, which if you're not familiar with, is this idea of like our wisdom has been hunted and publicly murdered for centuries. And so to step out and say, this is how you heal is to step out in, in rebellion and saying like, burn me at the stake again, you know? So I sat there like weeping and then just like confronting like my mother, like mother wound am I gonna be in like do I have permission am I allowed everyone's gonna hate me and then I would just like wash through that and then I just was like they're not my teachings they're the teachings and I just have to give a piece just a transmission like just 
touch just be real in them, just touch into them. And so I did, I did that just and some of them are three minutes long. Some of those videos are 20 minutes long. And, um, and I'm set, I sat there sewing this, um, this web, making this um, web. So yeah, it's trippy. The whole thing's pretty fucking, it's wild. Yeah. Cause I'm fucking, that's fucking trippy. Yeah. It's trippy. It was, I mean, it felt impossible. Like yeah. I was like, this is impossible. Like while it was happening, like me and Caitlin are like, what is happening? Like, is this, it was like, what? And we just sat there and I pulled the cards. I shuffled them and then I pulled them randomly. And so there's, there's okay. some of them. Oh, my favorite is I'm sitting there and I just start singing this medicine song to the earth. I feel the earth. I feel the heartbeat of life. I feel the earth. I feel the heartbeat of life. I feel the earth. I feel the heartbeat of life. So I'm sitting there and I'm recording and I'm like, okay, let me pick the next card. And then I pick the card and it's the earth card. And I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> I like freak out, you know? So like, that's the video for the earth card and the 72 videos is me being like, yo, I don't even make this shit up. Like what is happening? <laughs> this is wild. I do this shit cause it works. Not cause it's cool. I mean, it's cool sometimes I feel cool, but it's mostly just weird. Yeah. I mean, you have to, yeah, I've found, I have conversations with my husband and he's like, I think you're woo woo. And I'm like, I'm at a level of woo woo. There's definitely that, but we all have a level where like, I really we're cool. We're cool. Really. Breaks. Like totally breaks. My breaks are way past his breaks. You know, he was totally. breaking way back there. Right. Yeah. But uh-huh. We all have, I've just realized that everybody's different. And once, once you um, are open to the fact that I don't have the answers and I don't know what's right and it's not hurting anyone. And what if it's possible, then you're kind of like, oh, cool. Let's try that. Yeah. Like what? Why not? That's my whole, my whole thing is like, I didn't, I didn't, I stopped thinking about suicide when I was nine years old. Like, what the fuck does that mean? That means as a seven-year-old, I was like, I want out of my fucking body and off this planet. Like, what the fuck? Like, that still breaks my brain. I think about that and I'm like, I was just a girl. Like, right. just like a little girl who like didn't know how to be here. Like, it's just like so much pain. And so it's like, who gives a shit if I think I shapeshift into a fucking spider and that makes me want to be here, you know? Like, however I make peace with myself, like, I don't yeah. need to be right. I don't need to be right. Like, I definitely don't need to be right. But, like, the shit that works, it works. And I'm so grateful for that. I'm just so grateful for that. Let's go back. I mean, yeah. if you were feeling – because I have kids and I can't imagine at that age having that level. And, I mean, I have kids. So, I, I can't imagine feeling that level of grief and misery at that young. So yeah. let's go back. Cause you mentioned your parents earlier. So dive into wherever your beginning is with this mm. and start sharing your story. Thank you for having me here, Jen. You're welcome. So I came in to, I have a gorgeous family. I'm the youngest of three siblings and, uh, very, very lo- like loving, loving family. And I came in as soon as I could speak, I was telling stories about before I came here. Like, Ooh. like when I was with God before, 
Like right. as soon as I could talk, I was like, this is what it was like before I came here. And yep. like, I chose you all. And like, yep. I grew up in a family that not only like believed me, but told those stories back to me, like really validated that like, this was where I came from. And so I grew up from this, in this place of having this deep sensitivity and this deep remembering being honored. Mm -hmm. uh, when I was about two and a half, I think, my mom got a cold at school. She was a teacher and came home and never went to work again. She was uh, diagnosed with chronic fatigue syndrome. And so she would sleep like 18 hours, 20 hours a day. Um, and worse than the sleep was the pain. She would just like mm. be in, in physical pain. And actually, one of the things that my mom teaches about in her teaching, she's a brilliant yoga teacher, brilliant actress and director and artist. And one of the things that she talks about is when we have these healing abilities, which I believe everybody has, but when we have that in this very like completed way, we get, we can get really confused as children when we can't heal the people we love, because mm. that's not like really how healing works. Like, you don't really heal other people. Right. But when, but when you're a kid and you have this like dreamy like you know this like it's it's too much to really understand and so I think part of what happened for me was this collision of every day I also didn't understand that like people got sick and then they got better but my mom got sick and didn't get better and so when people talked about people getting sick I just I thought my mom was gonna die all the time all the time like, which is traumatic yeah, just so waiting. I was just, for that. just waiting for that, and right. um, and that I mean that was what that that's like that's where I th a huge amount of that grief was. I have a number of different kind of points, right? That kind of cracked, and I have a I have a story, a spiritual perspective that came to me when I was thirty. I had a series of visions and meditations where I saw myself kind of making this soul contract idea of like I'm gonna come in and I'm gonna just keep breaking in this one way so that I can be hollow enough to let in I mean honestly to let in this body of work right, right. to let in what I came here to do and my my mother's physical pain I'm also an empath and so I mm -hmm. feel literally feel the pain of others around me so my mother's physical pain was also something that I was physically experiencing without an understanding or without the skills to, um, to differentiate. So I was feeling the physical pain of chronic fatigue while being healthy. I was afraid I was going to get sick all the time. And I'm like psychic intuitive tracker. I could see the ups and downs, which means I could see that when, when, stress was coming, it made her more sick and have more pain, which meant I did everything I could to not need anything. Mm. So you weren't a drain on her mom, on your mom. That's right. right. You weren't and contributing. Fact, that's right. That's right. And in fact, I did everything I could to take care of the rest of my family. And, um, and then my sister got sick when I was 12. She got teenage chronic fatigue syndrome. And, um, and so the, now I lived with my mom and my sister who were sick and I was caring for them and, you know, my, and everybody's 
like I lo- like everybody in my family, like it was like a teamwork. It wasn't like we had parents and we had kids. It was like everybody was coping. Like everybody right. could like do what they could do. And so I learned, a, I mean, I learned a lot in that time around compassion and kindness and love. And it was just heartbreaking. Like it was just heartbreaking. And I used to have, I didn't know it was suicide. I mean, I didn't think of myself as being right. at all. But I, when I was nine years old, I went to the kitchen. I was feeling so sad and I had this fury in me and I went to the kitchen and from like across the room, I saw the knives Mm -hmm. and I was, I like had this reality check of being like, being like, what? Like I'm looking at knives and I scared myself out of it. And from then on, I never thought about actually, um, like taking my own life. Like it was like the drama of it just kind of, I was like, no, that's not real. Like that's not happening. Right. I had, I had these visions when I was younger. These are so sad. These like, they were like waking nightmares where when I close my eyes, there were these silent creatures that were following me. Okay. I could like feel them and they were like balloon people. So like literally, like if you imagine like balloons made of um, like clowns would make, like they'd like mm-hmm. balloon. And some of them were very skinny and some of them were very big and they were silent but they would follow me and they were terrifying. And just a few years ago in one of these healing practices, I realized the feeling that was coming off of them was they were, there was this feeling of like, you need to disappear. Like you're a burden, you need to disappear. And so Hmm. that was my like six-year-old suicide ideation was this like, this like haunting feeling of like, you shouldn't exist. Wow. And so you've gone through healing with that. Where did, do you have any idea where that came from or why? You know, I think I've, I've found a lot of different understanding around that. Um, One of them feels like inherit, like deeply inherited, feels ancestral. It feels like generations of, of um, like women, like don't take up space, don't exist. Mm-hmm. don't need things that feels very real like I didn't understand it it was silent but it was this feeling of just like you are not worthy of existing um and so it's elusive in that way but it's yep. permeating it's like deep um and then I think also just this feeling of like wanting out like it's just being painful like existence yeah. being painful it's yeah it's um yeah, like the humanness of it, really. Yeah, I, I have a. Yeah, go. I I, I have a question that pertains to this, but um, how did you learn to work with people and be with people and not take their pain on as your own? Mm, I love this question. I know it might not relate to you as when you're smaller, so we don't have to answer it now necessarily, but. Um, well, I, I can actually, if, if, okay. if you want to, do you want to say, yeah, no, go. <laughs> well, it feels really connected for me because okay. I, one of my deepest griefs has been this feeling of the truth is I was a little baby mystic. Like I was a little medicine person. Right. And I needed to be having initiations and practices at age five and age seven. I needed to be like sweeping and chanting and using my body and, and practicing, seeing, and sensing 
energy fields so that I could differentiate between them. Like yep. I needed training. I needed education, very little. And without that education, it, my existence was very painful. Mm -hmm. And that's a huge piece of the work that I do now is this process of like educating so my podcast. My podcast is called Medicine Caller. And Medicine Caller is anyone who just inherently has these gifts. And you can be trained, you can be untrained, you can be initiated, you can be uninitiated, but like that inherent ability, that way, that way that certain of us are built more so than other. And so it's actually this, the answer to that question is also the answer to like, it's like also that part of my story, like all along was like, I, I piecemealed, that's kind of the next part of the story is like, I piecemealed my education. My mom was a yoga teacher. She still is a yoga teacher. So I was doing guided meditations and, you know, using my body and my breath as a young child, feminine energy, masculine energy, unification. Like I was getting trained in these, in it kind of in, in these sections because my mom was in the eighties, chronic fatigue syndrome wasn't real. Everyone just kept telling yeah. her that she was in her head. She had to go to this other land. So she was seeing, you know, all sorts of different lineage medicine people, acupuncture and body work and soul journey work and all of these things. And so I was being exposed to that. And I, I actually, one of my first teachers of, of discernment around this was I started getting chronic headaches, shocker. Right? <laughs> I can't imagine why. I'm oh like, my gosh. Oh, and anxiety. Like, why? Like, yeah. <laughs> okay. Surprise. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. Holy cow. So, Chronic, I had TMJ, which is like, yeah. Many, I bet, I bet a bunch of you listening know like that lockdown of the jaw. Yeah, is 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 root. It can come from a lot of places, and I don't want to oversimplify it. But there's often some themes that continue with that process of the body. The body talking is one of the major tools that I use for discerning because I'm very kinesthetic. It's one of my tools. That like feeling other people's pain is also the way that I can discern whether or not it's my pain. Like it is my tool. Right. But like I just had to learn how to use that tool um, and not stab myself with my tools. Like everybody has to learn how to not. Right. Do. Right. Um, yeah. And uh, so one of my first kind of teachers in that was my, my TMJ, my, my jaw, headache, neck, back, hip, all that stuff that was those, that pain that was coming up. I had a really incredible physical therapist who was had a very un deep understanding of the somatic, the emotional body connection. Mm -hmm. And so I, you know, I remember she was the first person who put a mirror in front of my face and said, tell yourself you love yourself three times and you can't laugh or look away. Like you have to just really say it. And of course, like I could, you know, it's like, right. I got to the third, I was just weeping, you know, and I got that at 12, you know, and it's like, I came from, it's like, I had this richness. That's what blows my mind. It's like, I came from like gorgeous love sanctuary landscape in so many ways. Like, yes, obviously like the trauma factor of chronic illness is fucked up and, right. and like, you know, and the like dissociative, like dad, mom screaming, people losing their minds, abusive lineages also taking place, which you didn't talk about, but you can just throw that in there of like, that wasn't right. a happy marriage. That was people navigating their stuff without trying their, but everybody trying their best. Right. Being a mess. And, um, and I, 
I, that physical therapist was like one of the, one of the first people who started to really get me to, she was one of the people that taught me about my, my emotions and my body being in sync. Um, and then we kind of go through, it's like, and then we just kind of, we just kind of jump kind of through the next 10 years of like the shit show that is middle school. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we should just, they should just be farming. It's yeah. and like, and talk about social distancing. No, they have to interact with each other. They have to. They just, it is a couple brutal years. Oh, it's rough. It's a rough yeah. chapter. It's a yeah. rough chapter. I mean, the, especially beings that are like more tone, like toned in that, like kind of masculine energy. All they want to do is build bone density. They just want to break stuff with their body and like, that's all I want. It's just my, that's my, that's one of my messages actually is to be like, stop hating nine to 14 year old, like boys, like whatever gender they are, that kind of energy. All yeah. they're doing is building bone density. Just give them things they can run through <laughs> for like four hours a day. And then they'll, be, they'll just want snuggles. Like they're just, right. That'll like be fine. Note. But it's, yeah, that's, I'm really, I love, I love that. Um, I've done a lot of work with teens. So then the other chapter of my kind of training was actually my theater training. So, uh, as an actress, as a channel, um, that process of what it is to take on other identities or take on other energies and to move them through and to do the emotional processing. And then just also theater training is just like going yeah. to the emotional gym. It's just like, let's yeah. feelings all day. Yes. Um, and so, and then how do you let them go? Like you have this one scene where you're like in it. And then the next scene where you're like, it's 10 years later, you know? Yeah. Like it's, it's its own. So that was a huge piece of my somatic training, which is like, again, that body emotional space. And then I did this thing. Get ready for this. Folks. I'm ready. Oh God. I I'm ready. Was, uh, starting at 11, I started doing live action role-playing. So for what? those of you who don't know, that's like getting in costume, like Lord of the Rings. It's like D&D, &D, but you're outside and there's no die and you're wearing costumes and you're running around in the woods with foam swords and like getting stabbed and like dying epic deaths. And so I did that every What summer. did that do for you? Everything. Okay. <laughs> Because, yeah, go. Okay, okay. No, I'm just, I'm trying to connect the dots between the. I'm, I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to go tell, ahead. I'm gonna tell you. Do so it. Two things did it. One, the style that I did, apparently, I didn't know, is called Nordic LARPing. And that means that the, the angle of the role playing isn't this kind of gamer style of point systems and this kind of notion if you think about like kind of classic nerd life, which is beautiful, but it's different. It's more about archetypes. And okay. it writes like right like a uh, rites of passage and story and then community building the process of using play for community. So oh, that what, I love. Right. So what that did for me, my pearls are getting to me. What that did for me was, it rooted play as one of my core principles. Period. At the end, it also taught me about community. I sat in circles and talked about my feelings. I had my first women's circle my first, you know, processing circle, um, just learning how to sit and listen to other people talk about their feelings and learn how to voice my own feelings, be seen. I did, mm. uh, we did a lot of, it was like kind of very, a hippie vibe to it. So we did like other aspects. And so there was that community aspect of that particular camp. That's still running now. I encourage you to send people's children. Uh, my friends currently run it now. It's called the Wayfinder Experience. And okay. it's, incredible it's an incredible program and an incredible experience for 
like 12 to 18 year olds and they do adult programming too but it's really really this teen magic time and and the the work of the community so that's one piece and a lot of play the actual adventure game the like putting on a costume and doing that role playing was huge for so many reasons for me one of them is i would get typecast as a healer a lot so there'd be like warriors and dragons and whatever but like i'd be the cleric so in some ways a huge chunk of my training that i didn't get i got to do by pretending that i was trained in it and so i would like ring bells and cast spells and like make safe sanctuaries or I would get cast as a fairy queen or as an earth goddess or as a thing. And so I would, it was one of the most powerful places that through the perspective of play, I would go into really powerful trance channeling spaces. And so I would have practice for what it was to sing without script and, you know, it's like improv based. It's not, there's Mm -hmm. no script. And so it was a place where I really learned about ceremony and I learned that taking yourself seriously and strictly while you're weaving with the magic of the cosmos is like not the most effective method in my experience. Actually like letting go and just really playing is, is so powerfully healing. It changes everything. And so I can like get that. I can get fucking nerdy about like hard and fast and like deep about, that's what I wrote my thesis on in college. Wow. Awesome was like the transformative power of like the the state of mind that we're in when we're playing allows us to try to expand us into multiple perspectives at once. Because if I'm playing with you and we're having this really good flow, there's an inherent um, connection of your perspective to my perspective that makes it work. You and I do this kind of there's almost like a like a lighthearted mind meld that happens. Mm-hmm. We expand past our own limits and And what happens when we expand past our limits is that when we come back, we're expanded, which means now where we didn't have options, we have options and healing and consciousness is all about choice. It's all about being present enough to realize that there's a choice because either you're running a pattern or you're present and making a choice. So like if you, so play like gives us the opportunity to be like, it, it creates the space in which we move past our previous limitations, which means now we have the opportunity to heal. Now we have the opportunity to come back and go, you know what, that perspective didn't work for me. Like that, and, and what happens when we're doing it in a playful state is it's so de-armoring. Yeah. That it, the ego is like really settles back in a way that when we're doing really high ritual or like focused work stuff, we can really reinforce a lot of attachment and value to things. But play is a very humble process. Um, and because it's joyful, I think that that's also, it's, it's like just literally, it's, it's a high vibe thing. Like it's just like, it's, it's amplifying and it's restoring and it's like the vagus nerve. It's our parasympathetic nervous system. Even yeah. if we're feeling stress or, because um, it's like, I also have these epic stories of like being this knight and like charging down a mountain at full speed and like being chased by monsters or like stabbing a werewolf or like, being devoured, you know, it's casual, it's how I spend summers, being a zombie myself or being attacked by zombies, been there, done that, you know, <laughs> right. and, uh, like you do. And even that, but even though my heart is pumping and I'm like, like, like scared, 
it's a game, like it's a game. So I have mm-hmm. this access to myself and that training created this ability for me to live my life with this recognition of it's, I just have this perspective of like, it's just a, like, it's a world where it's a game. We're playing right. this game. We have roles. You and I are naked. Oh we yeah. Host, All right. Like a guest and right. Like, you know, it's like, we're doing these things. And so that's, it was a huge, a huge piece. Um, and then I went to college and had a mental breakdown. Dropped yeah. Out. So I'm so excited about this. Not the fact that you, <laughs> I mean, you went to college, right. But you, <laughs> I'm so sorry. (laughs) I'm so excited about your mental breakdown. Me too. No, you were going, but wait, but, but wait, wait, I mean, uh, you were going through physical. So it's so interesting because you had your mom and then your sister that had all this pain and you were taking on the pain of others. So you have to learn the process. And I asked you that question because once I felt like, I felt like there was um, I, and I don't think I'm that intuitive at all. Like I have a really hard time tapping into that. I'm great at somebody else helping me on that journey. Like just give me the directions and I'll do it and we'll all be cool. But do, uh, yeah, I'm not super intuitive. But I remember he was a pastor and he did some energy work and I was like, there's just negativity and I'm having, I'm struggling with outside negativity, not my own, just in general. And he, he just looked at me and he goes, oh, well, you need to put yourself in a bubble. Uh huh. Yup, that's it. And so I literally just imagined myself in a bubble where I can see everything, and I'm I'm here. I'm in the backyard. I'm present. I'm yep. doing all the things with everybody. But basically, you're bouncing off of me. That energy was right. And so that's why I asked you, like, how did you so, stop taking on the pain? So I have a. So for most people, okay, that will do it, and will yep. work for forty years. 80 years. That's it. You just like get a sense. And there's a lot of things that people can think of that it's like, oh, it's like, it's just like you just solidify the edges of your auric field, your bio yeah. science, science call the military calls it your bio field. You know, right. you just solidify that space. So that's like, what's yours is yours. And what's theirs is theirs. Right. For people who are actively medicine calling, who mm-hmm. are using that, just sealing the, the digs, isn't doesn't usually work and it's right because one of the ways that we work is that we merge fields and then we guide through like embodied space but that's what we do and so we merge fields and then it's through merging that we are like communing and medicine is happening and it's like it's very similar to healing deep healing work is very similar to like having sex with someone where it's like you can cut yourself off but like, is that the sex you want to be having? No, you know for sure I mean? like, not. Yeah. It's, it's not the sex, you know? And so it's like, you can put your shield, you can like put your shield space up and then do lots of healing work that's highly effective. Body work, massage, even Reiki practice stuff. That's really, you're there, I'm here. And, and you know, there's, there's a real um, wholeness where two people are that. There's also a part of the journey at times where you want to be able to decide how, what layers are permeable and not permeable. And that, that is the core of what I teach, which I call soul unification. And so that's, instead of just making it solid out here, what I'm actually doing is clarifying 
my being from the inside out so that I'm not susceptible to being thrown off so I can discern. So the way that we get lost a lot of the time is actually because we aren't totally conscious in our own self. And so yeah. we're looking over here and this energy that's not ours, this bad vibe is here. And then we just have this feeling like, I just want it to go. But we don't want to look over here because what's actually here is that like grief and trauma of our youth. And so it's like, I talk about it like empty rooms in a house. And so bad vibes are like squatters. And so what I teach is the process of how do you go through your house and turn all the lights on in your house and say, okay, get out. Right, right. You don't live here. And then how do you live in your house? Like, how do you live in your being so that it's not vulnerable to being doing that? And, and how do you like identify the parts of yourself that like let sneak in energies in the back door because of like unconscious habits, whether we, you know, that kind of all those kind of things that we can do just being like, I can't believe I said that thing. Why do I do that? I always feel so grumpy. Like, why did I do that thing again? It's like these unconscious ways that we do stuff that make us feel bad. That like after the fact, we're like, oh, I hate it when I do that. Like I could have just done that differently. It's like, those are the things. And that when we do that, you naturally solidify your energy field so that it's not permeable in the same way. So it's not just a shield. It's this, this whole transformation of you are unified in your own self, have access to yourself. And so it's not just that people can't get in or out. It's that there's no there's like there's no space for anybody else because it's all it's all me and you had to figure that out go ahead sorry you had to figure that out with your mom and your sister yes and because my strategy as a coping mechanism of this permeable like all my energy workers for like the first 15 years of my life if not more try were trying to pull me into my body they would say that i was existing like from my knees to six feet above my head i like it was like i was kind of i wasn't totally here because i would spend a lot of my energy to take up as like as little space yeah as possible, right? yeah so it's like so this is that and so it's like okay so you can <laughs> that's over there and so it's like all of this space becomes available yep. for everything else, right? And so it's like, it's this process of me being like, this right. is my space, this is my space, and that's your space, right? And so like that, and then, and then what do I have to contribute and who am I when I'm this? And it's like, it's different. It's, this, they're different. They're very different. That's a, that was a great way to show it. For those of you who couldn't see it, that sucks because it was <laughs> perfect. You need to do the video and not the audio. So I brought that up because as you're learning how to not take on other people's pain, yeah. you're creating that. You go to college, you have this mental breakdown, but it's because of a lot of your own pain, physical pain. Right. So, right. Because in this not inhabiting of myself, right? In this coping mechanism of let my make myself disappear, I'm, I have this, I'm, I'm constantly having this experience of like, I mean, journal, journal after journal after journal, because right, I have all these skills. I am journaling, I am praying, I am meditating. What's happening in those meditations, what's happening in that journaling is I'm begging, like I want my body to be my body. I want my life to be my life. I don't feel like I'm living my own life. Because I was so, or my life was always about, I had this, <laughs> I had this fight with an ex once where I was like, 
how can you know what you want without knowing what other people need first? And then I was like, I did just hear what I just said. <laughs> I was like, that's, that's a, that's a, that's a problematic statement. That's, that's, <laughs> that's a little pro I, I was waiting to see where you went with it. I'm like, um, you're like, um, do you believe that now, Sophia? Yeah. <laughs> no, no. It was, I came out of my mouth and I was like, I'm fucked. Like I am a mess. Like, yeah, what? that's an insane statement. That statement is literally doesn't make sense. That's insane. That was craziness. So, you know, one of the things that happened for me was I went to college and I fell in love. I had this gorgeous like freshman year of like, I fell in love and, and I shaved my head and we were sweet little lesbians. And like, we just, you know, second semester, it was just like second semester was sex ed. And it was just like, and I was just like, I'd never felt. And I was like doing art and performance in New York city and protesting. And it was glorious. It was a great novel. And then she went, my girlfriend went back home and also went into the closet. Oh, and okay. I went home and was like, where's our summer love affair? And she was like, I don't really have space or time or like, I'm not really like available. And, um, and I was like, okay. And we had this like weird summer and then we get back together in, in the fall of my sophomore year. And then she leaves, she transfers out of the college. She go transfers to another college. And all of my mother and father abandonment issues that I never admitted I had, I was like, no, no, my sister has abandonment issues, not me. Right. <laughs> That's not my problem. I'm not angry. I'm, <laughs> I don't have any, I'm not angry at all. I have no anger. I'm not sad. It's fine. So I did, and they, <laughs> what? They, what shocker! Holy shit! Plot twist! <laughs> I was just gonna say that. Did not see that coming. Did okay. Did not see that. Coming. I cannot <sighs> believe at eighteen, you realize. And I, so I went home. The other thing that happened my freshman year of college, I went home on winter break, and I saw how insane it was. Like my, I walked in the door. And my family handed me all of the emotion. It was like they had just waited four months for me to get back home. And they were like, oh, good, you're here. This is what's been happening. And I looked around and was like, I lived with this like it was normal. Like, I thought this was normal. Like, this is insane. Like, this is insane. So that happened to me my freshman year was that crack of like, oh, that doesn't, that doesn't work. Like, I was separate enough to be like, oh, that's nope. not. Nope. Mm -hmm. So... She leaves New York and I just, just like, just into depression and I finish my sophomore year and then I start my junior year and I can't, I, I'm two weeks into the semester and I just, I can't read. Like if I sit still for more than 20 minutes, I would just start to shake and just weep. I would just like lose it. And I was like, I could fake my way through this. Like, not going to lie. Like, I could probably fake my way through the rest of college right now, but um, I don't want to. Like, right. I don't want to. This is terrible. Mm -hmm. um, and so I dropped out. And I went back. I went back and saw my therapist that I'd had in high school. And she said, I want you to track your menstrual cycle. I think you might be, like, bipolar or manic depressive. I think you might have PMDD. 
premenstrual dysphoric disorder, which basically is just uh, like bipolar manic depressive only on the rhythm of your menstrual cycle. cycle. Okay. 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 And, and ADD and like your, did the pelvic pain start happening at the same time or was that late? Uh-uh. Okay. That was later. Okay. Okay. Later. Sorry. I'm jumping ahead. No, so that's, that's she's a lot like, to the stories. She's like, here's all of this that you could be <laughs> surprise. surprise. <laughs> yeah. So, so good for her. Good for her. A brilliant. Oh my gosh. Like, there's nothing. Let's okay. PSA. If your therapist is not helping you within three sessions, go get another therapist. Exactly. Amen. Amen. And I think talk therapy, when you go and you speak as opposed to energy work or a lot of any other modality, um, it's really painful. It's hard to talk about shit you don't want to talk about. That's uh-huh. from the past that you can't fix. And yep. you can't do that stuff if the person's not helpful. It can be tremendously helpful. Make sure it is. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Amen. And you'll know, you'll know, you'll know it's right away. And then you leave and you're like, Oh, that was more use. Like three days later where you're like, Whoa, I th- am thinking differently now. Yeah. Good. Keep going. You don't have yep. to like them, but you have to trust them. Yeah. And, uh, and do not hesitate. So I had, I shopped around in high school, fired some therapists, um, found a really good one, came back from college, sat with her. And she's, uh, I also am a huge advocate of people who have training and trauma recovery. Mm-hmm. She's EMDR among other things. Yep. And, um, and I came back and she said, yeah, you got the, you, you, and she was also like, do not be scared of this diagnosis. If it's true, all it means is that you're built so that you can experience extremes where most people don't go to those extremes. So they bounce between this zone, you know, this like smaller zone and you just go all the way, <laughs> go all the way to one world, you go all the way to another. And you just need to learn how to live well. If that's how yeah. you're built, you get to like l- learn that. So I started tracking my menstrual cycle and I found even down to when I got hiccups every month, it was clockwork. Wow. I would get in a fight when I would say I like couldn't take it anymore. When I would feel so good, when I would like want to have sex, when I would feel mushy, when I would feel inspired, it was just clockwork. And I would, um, I even have menstrual, like this is one of the practices that's in the book, right? Is like, how do you track? And I tracked for three cycles, three times a day. I would just take notes of physical sensations or a general feeling like malaise, excited, feeling pretty good, feeling crappy, constipated, hiccups, like whatever. I just kind of tracked it for, um, for three cycles and it was clockwork. And I had enough background to know that I was, I trusted my body more than I, I knew that I, I wasn't broken or a problem, but I also knew that my life was broken and a problem (laughs) that like there was like something you know and so I and so that's when I started to really I spent the next two years learning how to manage myself that was rough but helpful I was able to stabilize some of the extreme kind of ups and downs um and minimize I minimized the damage of the ups and downs is what I did and then I was at a circle and the woman next to me had said, I realized that I was told my whole life I was, I don't remember what she said. It struck this thing in me and it came to me and I said, I've been told my whole life that I'm too sensitive. I'm not too sensitive. I'm that sensitive. If I'm that fucking sensitive and I'm not stable, I can't make my sensitivity come down mm-hmm. to make myself stable, but I have to increase something else. To make right. it stable. And right, that's right. when I became obsessed with skill building. 
that's why my healing journey became like obsessed with like, I have to add things because I tried to make myself, I tried to make myself less and it literally made me crazier. Like that's what made me crazy. Like I fell in love with this girl who like went into the closet. So then I tried like, I tried this, like, well, maybe I won't talk about my feelings and like, we just won't talk about these things. And like, it'll be like, I tried all of these shrinking strategies and I, my wisdom was like, no, (laughs) I will take you down. Like, it was just like, not going to let, not going to fucking let me go. And it didn't, it did not, it did not let me go. And, um, which I am grateful for. I mean, that's like when you're like, I'm excited about your breakdown. Like me too. That was, I like my life was saved because the other thing I learned was like the medication antidepressants would have done it. I would have had to go on antipsychotics. And I know that because I watched other family members need to get stabilized with antipsychotics. And I took antipsychotics within the form of practices. I would use age old practices, yoga practices, breath practices, meditation practices. And I would, my practice on a daily basis would take between two to four hours every morning. So one of the things that I tell people is like, you have to take your medicine. Like if you're not stable Mm -hmm. and you're struggling, like you have to take your medicine and that medicine might be a pill and then you need to take it. If you want it to work, you can't take it on Monday and think it's going to work on Thursday and you can't take it on two days last week and then hope it's going to work next week. Like if you want it to work, you have to take it. And for me, I took the medicine of showing up, feeling my feelings, recreating my brain pathways, using all of these techniques and trainings that I had learned over those 15 years of my soul journey work and prayer work and ceremony work and my therapy and talk therapy and journaling and all of those role playing, right? Doing all of those things and praying. I have a, right. And my own deep conversation with God, like always kind of talking and just being like begged. It was like, send me a teacher. And the message I would get was look in the mirror. Like, mm. send me a teacher, look in the mirror, send me a teacher, look in the mirror. And, um, and so I, I, you know, I dropped out of college, then I went to massage school. That was when I was still managing myself. So that's when I learned the body, you know, I learned that body work aspect. And that's where I kind of started to do that process for myself. Um, but I really started to heal when I realized I had to stop managing myself and I needed to tr- accept myself, radically accept myself, accept that I was that sensitive, accept how dysfunctional my life was, and then, and then take responsibility and embrace what I needed to do to change it. And that's when healing, that's when healing started to happen. And the other piece where healing really started to happen was when I was received my first Reiki attunement. It was like this line came through my body because of course I'm also a Reiki master teacher. So uh, so I'm training over 20 different modalities. So it's like, I really, because when I was like, I need training, I like did not, I like didn't, I, was, <laughs> I need fucking training. Um, I, you know, this, this, this line came through me and it was like, I could feel what real healing was and I could feel what bullying was in the name of healing. I oh, how many times I was shamed for being something in the name of like, you, this is me loving you. This is uh, me telling you how you're going to be better. This is how you need to change. And it was like, that's bullying. That's not healing. And I realized that I was doing that to myself, my own internal voice, that I mm. was trying to heal myself by bullying myself, which didn't. I think one of the, one of the most powerful things that you've said so far is that instead of making yourself small and for people who see the video, I mean, they saw that visual, which made it emotionally very, um, 
profound. But instead of, if your emotions up here and your stability is down here, you're not trying to dumb down your emotions or make yourself small or stuff them away. You need to bring your stability up. And first owning that I'm not stable and shit's crazy and I need to fix this. I need to do something different, but not doing it in the traditional way. And I love that part because you're just taking the strengths and the skills that you have and building those up so it can support the level of largeness or emotion or that was awesome. So I hope people heard that as strongly as I heard that and understand that it's not about changing who you are or, no. or making yourself smaller, dumbing it down or not crying in public or not any of that stuff. It's the opposite. It's giving yourself all the support that that part's okay. So that was awesome. Now you, you also had trouble pain wise and pain comes up as a theme in your life, yeah. whether it's other people's or yours, but you had <clears throat> pain with the pelvic floor. Yeah. So the first time I had like pelvic floor feeling, I had this sensation one time where I was like, Whoa, like I want you so bad. It hurts. That like phrase crossed my mind. Yeah. But I didn't think about it as pelvic pain then. That was just this like, oh, I guess this is like kind of sexy, maybe. I don't know. And then it kind of faded away. And that was with a very on again, off again, messy, complicated, dysfunctional, mm -hmm. we learned a lot journey. Then that kind of went away. I, my now ex-wife, but the, this human at the time when we met and we fell in love and we had this incredible, I mean, like the best sex of my life, just like spiritually physically it was just so next leveling and we did a ceremony on beltane and then three weeks later my entire pelvic floor went into spasm and um it it hurt it just hurt it just hurt all the time and i couldn't even like put a finger in like mm -hmm. just like in it was just like and i when i would put it in i would just weep and i um I told it was like the temple's closed for restoration. <laughs> like <what> I said. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I called a friend of mine who had told me about a story from Burning Man. And I was like, yo, I have had body work in my nose, in my mouth, in my ears, against the my femur bone. Like every part of me has been like touched or taught. I said, except for these four inches in my fucking crotch. And right. they are screaming, I need help. Like, I didn't even, like, what do I do? I'm like, who do I go to? And that's when she handed me the Wild Feminine by Tammy Lynn Kent. Everybody go get it. Wild Feminine by Tammy Lynn Kent. And she's the creator of holistic pelvic care. And I read this book and... Uh, she teaches people how to do uh, internal body work on themselves, which is also, you know, therapeutic intravaginal body work. And so this was 2012. Okay. Now. And so the work that I do kind of basing out of this now is like, it's like way merged with like lots of pieces. But what happened was I did a book club. I got a bunch of my peers together and we did a book club with it because I was too scared. It was like so emotionally vulnerable to like do it alone. And then my students found out, my like Reiki students and my women's circle found out that I was doing a book club and they were like, will you do a book club for us? And I was like, okay, sure. So then I walked them through the book club and then I went and studied with Tammy Lynn Kent and got trained in uh, internal pelvic floor work. 
Wow. No, I'm good. I'm good. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. And Sorry. Um, yeah. And so it took six years for me to, and this was already after I had, we didn't even, it's fine. It's totally fine. There's a whole like red tent revival, menstrual blood witch moon thing that I've got going on too. That's in the midst of this. So I was, I had already built a red tent temple inside my house before I came into Tammy's work. Okay. I was already doing that kind of womb, kind of sacred practice, women, you know, women's rites of passage kind of things. Um, menstruating medicine carriers in that way. And, um, and so it took six years for me to, after about a year of doing the internal work, it, it got kind of less and less, but there was a time where I just, it was like, I don't even, it's like, it's, this is one of those places where it's like, um, yeah, we just, we can like, (laughs) (laughs) and I'm like, um, okay, I'm here for it. I'm here for it. I'm Uh, I'm going to give you the goods. I'm holding the space. Come on. Okay. You got it. You got it. I'll let you get it. Thank you. The memory that's coming to mind for me right now is, um, my, my partner and I at the time tried, like we tried to make it be a safe space. Um, the sex was so, it was so painful. Mm-hmm. It was so emotionally painful. It mm-hmm. was so physically painful mm-hmm. and it just destroyed our ability to connect yeah. with each other. And it was so hard. And what happened was it just became it our bed and our attempt to be intimate with each other just became this like fire pit of just like trigger factory of just like I would need something and then it was like she would be like active it was it was just this like until it was like every time we tried to have sex it was like we were fighting yeah it was just like it was so terrible yeah it was so terrible and so I just I, and I just had, you know, and for a couple of years, it was like, okay, this isn't about you. This is about me. This is my own stuff. And I went deep for like two years and I really like worked on it and, and I couldn't touch myself. It was too painful. I went back to my earliest memories of finding pleasure in my body. I was like, I've got to come in like way behind yeah. this, you know? And so I first discovered the pleasure of my body, like than a way that I remembered in the bathtub with water. That was like oh. my, like water plays still my, it's still, it was I love that for me. It's so yeah. uh, faucets, heads, jets, they're all, they're all water. When I was a kid, empty bottles, I could like fill them with water and pressure. squeeze them. Pressure. Yeah. And yeah. just these like gentle washes. And, um, and so what I did in my late twenties, early thirties was I went back to that. And I like went back to getting in the bath and using this gentle and then, you know, using the bathtub, but I was coming to it from this place of healing. And when I would go, it was so painful when I would go to, um, pleasure myself, Mm -hmm. there was no pleasure. It was just pain, but I knew that the pain was guarding me and was telling me something. I had had all that other work of somatic trust and tension. And so I used all those bodywork techniques of like letting the pain peak. I was going to say this, one of the first teachers, that first 
physical therapist taught me in my jaw that pain peaks before it releases with body. Oh yes. Mm -hmm. So I learned that at 11. Right. Right. So there I am at 30 with my pelvic floor in total spasm and me being like, I'm going to use sound and I'm going to use prayer and I'm going to let this pain peak. And I'm going to find out what my body is holding on to because it needs me to pay attention to it. It's not going to let it go till I acknowledge it. Mm -hmm. It's not going to. And so I would lay there in the bathtub screaming, would have like water pouring down on me. And I was just screaming. And it was like all the memories of like, all the various microaggressions on my body, all of the transgressions of like the sense, just screaming of just being like, get off of me. Don't touch me. Like I want my body back. Like Mm -hmm. all of these, just like all the like low grade or like more extreme, like, and I don't have really like extreme. I don't, I'm very grateful for this. I don't have like violent um, stories for sexual misconduct, but I have, I mean, that's like most of us do. Like my my sex wasn't, my sex wasn't like, this was where I was learning what the difference was between, you know, like it was like, it was the first time that I could really hear my body saying like, um, 78% of everything that you ever thought was like sex and pleasure was abuse. And like, you didn't know. And like, I need you to know now, like none of these were fun for me. Right. um, You know? And so I just would, so I would, I would just do it. And I did this for months. I would just like lay there and I would just like, I mean, like the word that comes to mind is a monster, like Mm -hmm. monster sounds would come out of me. And I had one day where I remember I was living with a housemate was also just a total priestess magic human. And I said to her, I said, I don't, I can't do this alone. Like, mm-hmm. will you hold my hand? And she like came and sat in the bathroom, like held my hand while I just like screamed and cried. And like, and then I would feel it like it, that would happen. And then it was like my pelvic floor would release and I would have like that much more space. And so after a few years of that, and I would do, you know, kind of less, I don't know. I would just do, you know, pelvic floor work kind of on myself, like, you know, um, doing other kind of aspects like that. And then I got to this point, like in my marriage where I was like, okay, it's not just me anymore. Like we are not doing work. Like I can't take all the blame anymore. Like there's a place where we're not working anymore. Like I've tried to take hundred percent responsibility and it's, I've, I've changed a lot, but this hasn't changed enough, you know? Yep. And that's when we really kind of shifted. And by this point, my pelvic pain went way down and it was only kind of coming in spurts. And then I did a ceremony and then my ex-wife said to me one quiet day said, I took sex off the table. It was so, we were getting, our patterns in in bed were the same as our patterns when we were talking about money or in other, other emotional things. And I was like, I can't have this pattern showing up inside my, my body won't take it anymore. Like I can't do it when this pattern shifts and we behave differently with each other, then we can try sex again. So that was about a six or nine month period. And the day I thought we might have sex again, she made huge progress. I made huge progress. We were really, our marriage was different. I was like, so fucking proud of us. I was like, so there. And we laid in bed and it was snowy and it was quiet. And then she was like, I have this little voice that says we're just not supposed to be together. 
like this like little intuitive voice and I was just like you know you've said that all along like there's this little voice it wasn't the first time she said it to me but all the other times I'd said is that your fear like you have so much conditioning is that your fear to like be here or is that your wisdom and she was like I don't know the difference and I said Hmm. every other time I I needed you to make a choice and I would give her a week or two days or a month. And then I'd be like, I can't take not knowing. Are you in or are you out? You know? And, and then she would say, I'm in. Like, if it's about that, like I'm in, I love you. Like I'm in. And I'd be like, okay. And then we'd start over. And mm-hmm. then this voice would come up. And I said to her, after I'd done all this work in my pelvic, all this soul unification work, all this, you know, kind of coming in my journey and into myself. And I said to her, I said, I'm not going to make you choose. I'm not going to make you, I'm not going to put the line down about you having clarity on whether this is fear or whether this is um, wisdom, wisdom. Mm -hmm. but I don't know how long I'll last. That's what I can say. And, um, and about a month and a half later, I was giving myself a pelvic floor session and I said, and it got, I got a spasm and it got really painful. And I said, okay, I'm ready. Like I'm ready to hear. And I heard this phrase that just said, I want out. I was like, okay. And so we started a process of our separation. Yeah. And just like, and it was also that voice of my body being like, I want out of all of these patterns. Like this marriage is just one piece. And, and our separation was both of us agreed that we didn't want to have the marriage that we had. And we began our prayers and practices to see if we wanted to make a new marriage together you know, mm. and like, that's what, that's, that's where we were clear and had like deep partnership about that and took a lot, you know, took some time apart and just took deep practice. And the more we sat with it, the more these voices started coming up in me of just being like, I'm a fucking witch. I'm, I want to do ritual sex magic. I'm like very polyamorous. Like I want to broadcast, I want to be like naked on the fucking internet. <laughs> like, you know, like, Hey, you know, and right. This, like this, all of these things of being like, I want to be me again. It's like, we come back to this theme of my body screaming and saying like, I want to be me. I don't want to be what other people are comfortable with. Right. What I'm comfortable with, which is like this weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> I love, well, first of all, there are people who are like, I don't think the body holds on to physical stuff and gives, right, I know. And I think, okay, so have you ever had to speak in your class in high school? You threw up or you wanted to, or you went to play your basketball game and you had diarrhea beforehand. Uh Or yeah. Do you like Bruce Lee, especially if it's a man? Like, what do you think about Bruce Lee? Oh my God, he's the best. Okay, so you can't not believe that the physical body manifests the emotional body. You can't. You just told me you did. Right. It's But it is a matter of recognizing it. And then I know I said before, like the purpose of a coach or an energy worker or Reiki or whatever modality you're using is that I have the ability to do it myself every energy worker I've ever talked to is like, I'm not healing you. You're healing yourself. Yeah. Well, you're giving me the ability to do it. You're holding the space or, or finding the pathway. Mm -hmm. That's something that on my own, I couldn't do. So you're facilitating my ability to find that release. So I find it interesting when people don't listen to their bodies, 
But I mean, even when they're screaming, we don't it's always the, want. I find it, yeah. Because you didn't want to listen entirely. At I first. like to talk. No, exactly. It's like I'm. It's like I'm. I'm the most listening. I'm one of the most list. Not the most, but I'm one of the most listening people I know. And I watch myself all the time. Be like, um, no. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'd rather not. Jazzy. <laughs> Um, and I'm just like, okay, but it's worth it. And that's what makes me be like, you know what? Yeah. You know, cause this is what I know is that when I jazz hands and walk away, it's literally waiting for me literally right here. Right. Yeah. It, it doesn't like, you know, it's like, you're like, I like to think about it as our, our symptoms being a phone call. Mm. And it's like, our body is calling us and we can turn off the ringer. But my favorite is people who are so delusional that they're like, there's no phone ringing. And you're like, <laughs> I literally am hearing a phone ring. And they're like, phones don't exist. And you're like, okay, but like, you literally just said your back hurts. And they're like, nope. And they're like, okay. Okay. Sure. We are here. Okay. 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 No phone. But like, we can turn the, you know, we can turn the paint, we can turn the ringer off by taking painkillers or we can oh, distract yeah. ourselves or we can turn up the volume so we can't hear it or we can hide it in the other room or we can pretend or, or we can pick up and it sounds like gibberish. We pick up and we're like, right. I don't know what this means. And that's one of the things that I do is I teach people how the language, yes. that the phone, that like the body is, is speaking. And so then you pick up and you're like, okay, can, like slow down. Yeah. Can you like, repeat that? Can you repeat that? Like, do you speak I, I English? Do, like, do you speak English? <laughs> exactly. Straight up. Do you speak so English? So this brought us right back into automatically, which I was pretty sure it would with you, into what you do. Yeah. So it's your experience. And I find that most of us want someone else's experience to be faster, easier, and more supported. Faster, easier, and more supported. If I can, uh, yes. Oh my right? God. I mean, my prayer, even when my shit is like exploding now for so much of my time was like, I better be learning something huge and people may I better be fucking benefit the fuck out of this. Like I, me I fucking the same. brilliant. Like this better be fucking amazing. <laughs> I've had the same conversation. Like right in the middle of it, you're like teaching moment, teaching moment, teaching moment. <laughs> This is going to be so useful. <laughs> oh my God. Bring it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that is what you do. You help yeah. bridge that, that yeah. phone call. Like, Hey, I know the phone call is coming in. I don't know where the phone is. I can't yeah. find it. If I find it, I can't understand it. And I need yeah. you to help me do that. And for someone like me, that's like, no, I really want the help, but I so like dartboards in the dark. Yes. But it yeah. sticks, right? That's that's where we can wrap this up and tie a bow on it is that this is what you're doing for other people. Yeah. Yeah. And I do, I have that ability, like uh, also of just people look at me and they're just like, I'm not intuitive. I don't have like, that's not a thing. And I'm like, ha, ha, ha. yeah, yeah, sure. Sure. Because I can see it. That's part of that right. training from when I was a kid, that part of energy tracking is I can see where it's because the pathways, how you receive information, how you digest it, and, and like I said, my whole thing is like, I'm not going to teach you how to be me. Yeah. Right. That's not like, that's not what I learned. I didn't learn how to be someone else. I learned how to be myself. And so I have this like ability to help people who want to be themselves, like hone and pull out. I can see it and I can be like, this is what you are doing. This is what you're not looking at. This is what you can do. Um, and, 
and I'm really into like practice and skill building. I'm absolutely one of those class of people who's like, I will make myself unnecessary for you. Like yes. my, my students become my teachers on a regular basis and they go and they do all the shit that I, I watch them succeed and surpass me on a regular basis because yeah. it's like, cause they, you know, it's like that, like better, faster, stronger while I'm like, you know, kind of is still gathering more as I go. That's absolutely. But your role is that. Yeah. I, and I love that. That is your space. Yeah. So Faith, thank you. God, thank you so much for being on. Oh, Jen. I appreciate you so much. Oh, thanks. And nips. Nips. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you so much. This was just like a, just a, just a naked pleasure. Land naked. Like I mean, that's not the first time I've heard that before. <laughs> Good. I hope you hear that a lot, darling. <laughs> <laughs>